So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. I am your host, Brian Kelly, and this is going to be one heck of an episode because Mr. Steve Fredland is in the house. You're going to love this gentleman as much as I do uh, when you get to know him here in just a few moments. Before we bring him on, uh, real quick, the Mind Body Business Show, that is a show that I had created in with uh, entrepreneurs in mind. So it's a show for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And what I get to do is bring on very successful individuals, and then I get to extract their secrets to success for the purpose of you being able to take notes, then take action, and simply model them. So literally, you get to copy the things that they have utilized, the strategies that they have uh, taken under their wing, the things that they do to become successful, you get it all right here on this show. And we don't charge a dime for it. It's like going to a seminar every week, a one-hour seminar, I kid you not, and a very value-packed seminar because, again, only successful entrepreneurs grace this stage, and I get to interview entrepreneurs from all over the world. And one of the things I found was that to a person in my studies, studies of about a decade of just successful people, is that they all seem to carry these three traits, and I call them the three pillars of success. And a little hint, they are a part of the very name of this show. Mind being mindset to a person, every successful individual I studied had a very powerful, positive, and most importantly, flexible mindset. And body, body means they literally took care and take care of themselves physically by exercising and through proper nutrition. And then business is multi, multi, multifaceted. There are many angles and uh, skills that one must master to build a thriving, successful business and then take it and scale it and continue to grow it. Uh, skill sets by, you know, like sales, marketing, team building, systematizing, leadership. I could go on and on. There are a lot of skills and one must master these skill sets in order to build a thriving business. The good news is you personally don't have to master all those skill sets. If you just master one of them, the others can fall into place much easier because let's face it, I don't know if any one human being on the planet has enough time to master every one of the skill sets, let alone just the ones I just said. Uh, but that one skill set, if you master it, that one skill set, if you master that one, then everything else can fall into place. And that is the skill set of leadership. That's right. Once you've mastered the skill set of leadership, you now have the ability, the tools, the skills to lead those who have mastered those skill sets that you either have yet to master or maybe you never will. And that's okay. The key is to bringing in help and getting rid of that ego and building your company and scaling it. I know we all start out by ourselves. I get it. I've been there, done that, uh, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt as they say, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just have it in mind that you're going to grow and scale from the, from the very beginning. And speaking of growing and scaling, one of the things, another very uh, common attribute of highly successful people is that to a person I found, they are also very avid readers of books. And with that, I'd like to segue very quickly. Don't worry, Steve's coming on real quick. I'm gonna segue into a little segment I affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks, born to read. Bookmarks, ready, steady, read. Bookmarks, brought to you by reachyourpeaklibrary.com. Yes, there you see, reachyourpeaklibrary.com. Now, a real quick word of advice before we continue. Uh, when it comes to listening, paying attention, being in the moment, this is something I love to impart on folks that are watching, even uh, when I'm speaking from stage, is that when you see and hear about these resources, I know Steve's going to bring on quite a few. Uh, it happens every time. You know, similar to like reachyourpeaklibrary.com, a website. Rather than succumb to that urge to go click off and click away and go look at that resource, please, I implore of you, rather than do that, 
is simply get out a piece of paper or whatever is your preferred method of taking notes, write them down, keep your gaze and attention on Steve during the show. And then when the show is over, then go back to your notes and visit those resources. That way you won't uh, have any possibility of missing out on the one key element. It could be just that one time where your attention isn't fully on Steve and you're, you're looking at something else where he says that one thing that could possibly change your life forever. I've seen it happen over and over. And so I'd hate for you to miss that. So off my soapbox, that's my advice to you going forward. Reach Your Peak Library. It is a resource that I had my team build with you in mind. And that is the entrepreneur or business person or owner or even employee that's looking to get to the next level uh, in their in their journey, so to speak, of entrepreneurship or business or their jobs. And what happened is over the course of the years that I started reading, I didn't start till about a decade ago. And then I started reading like crazy. Every book you see in, in reachyourpeaklibrary.com is a book I personally read and I vet, meaning I got... I got value from each and every book you see on this uh, on this website. And I put them there so that you could just find one that, that resonates with you. Look at the title, read the quick description, look at the book cover, whatever you wanna see that, or whatever that, that jumps out to you and just take action and go get it. This goes, this is hooked straight to Amazon. This is not for the purpose of making money. It is for the purpose of giving you a quick access to a resource where you can go find a book and have some sense of assuredness that your time will not be wasted. Now, I can't promise it'll have the same impact on you as it did me, any or all of these books, but the odds are increased. They're better than uh, minimal. So reachyourpeaklibrary.com, that is there for you. I hope you enjoy that. It's it's literally like a gift. It's all, it's uh, I did it just for you and for folks that watch the Mind Body Business Show right here, right now. Speaking of right here, right now, you know what time it is. It's time to bring on the one and only Steve Fredlin. Here we go, get ready. It's time for the Guest Expert Spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is the one. It is the only Steve Fredland. <laughs> hey, Brian, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to have you here, Steve. Thank you for spending your precious time with me here and our audience. I appreciate that very much. And I know they will too, uh, once they get to know you better as well. Before we go in, I'm gonna give you the, the proper introduction you deserve, Steve, but real quick, a little bit of housekeeping and then we'll bring you back. Um, you're not going anywhere, uh, but a couple things I wanna call out that logo that's above your left shoulder, that red and white one, that is the Big Insider Secrets and they sponsor this very show. And to the point where, for those of you that stay on this show, watching it live, you must be live, until the end, you'll see an opportunity to win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. And that is, again, all compliments of the Big Insider Secrets. That's my buddy, Jason Nast, who owns that company. Thank you so much, Jason. We get to do this every single week. It is amazing. And a couple more, and we're going to come right back to Steve. So don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. So if you're struggling with putting a live show together and maybe it's overwhelming and you want a lot of the processes done for you while still enabling you to put on a high quality live video show and connect with great people like Steve Fredland and grow your business all at the same time, then head on over to carpetbombmarketing.com. Carpet Bomb Marketing, saturate the marketplace with your message. And one of the key components that is contained in the Carpet Bomb Marketing System is one that you'll learn how to absolutely master. It is the very service we use to stream our live shows right here on the Mind Body Business Show. Over the course of the past, oh my gosh, 10 years now, uh, we've tried many of these quote unquote TV studio solutions for live streaming. And I have to tell you that StreamYard is the best of the best. It combines supreme ease of use along with unmatched functionality. So you see the URL on that screen if you're watching this. For those of you listening on podcast, write this down. It's ryp.im forward slash stream live, all lowercase, no spaces, ryp.im forward slash stream live. So start streaming high quality, professional looking live shows for free with StreamYard. Not right now, but after the show's over, go to that URL and get your free version so you can give it a go and see how awesome it is. Now let's bring on the man, the myth, the legend, the one you are here to see. Because you're not, let's face it, you're not here to see me. You're here to see Mr. Steve Fredlin with things going off that shouldn't be going off. That was interesting. <laughs> so 
That was a visual. That was a tease. We'll show you what that is later. Steve Fredland is a longtime actuary, nonprofit leader, humanitarian, and podcaster who recently has become an entrepreneur and small business owner. He knows the highs and lows of leadership. Do you remember we're talking about leadership at the top of the show? For the past 15 years, he has been on a quest to understand the driving forces behind a leader's happiness and unhappiness. Mm, I like that. As a professional speaker, Steve's insights are transforming the lives of leaders across the country. I love that your focus is on leaders, Steve. That is powerful. He has spent his entire life in East Central Minnesota with his wife, Tracy, and their three now-grown children. He loves podcasting, poker, disc golf, and enjoying Minnesota sports. And this is funny. He says, making fanhood far more difficult. <laughs> right. Uh, with that, Steve, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Brian. I'm excited to chat, man. Excited to be oh, here. Yeah, so happy you're here. You're such a you're such a light, and you have this great something about you. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, and there's probably a good reason for that. And I'll bet it's what's going on between those two ears of yours, your mind. Uh, and that's what I like to hit on when I open the show is kind of to peel the onion uh, back a little bit get the layers out um, and see what's going on under the hood of Steve Fredland. So like when you get up in the morning, you know, now being an entrepreneur for some time now, knowing what it is to be an entrepreneur, that it's not just all rose petals, uh, you know, lined paths and swinging hammocks with your umbrella drink. It's not that way, <laughs> uh, uh, hardly at all. And knowing that when you get up, there are going to be some arduous tasks. There are going to be some setbacks. There are going to be things that kind of knock you sideways. Knowing all that, what does Steve, what is going on in your big, beautiful brain when you get up and you know that's about to hit you, but what is driving you to get through that every single day uh, with absolute fervor and passion and direction? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first of all, uh, when I wake up, it, it's weird because I'm, I'm like this natural born problem solver. Like I'm trying to pro problem solve all the time. And every morning when I wake up, I'm working on some problem in my head that I don't even know about. Like the other day, I was trying to figure out how to get rats out of my backyard, and there's no rats in my backyard. But I was working through the logistics of what I would actually do. And I mean, I've I've, I've like worked on problems like is is an octagon really the, the optimal stop sign shape? Like these are the weird things. When I wake up, I'm doing these things, and so it's kind of a curse to be me. And so I think because of these rabbit trails that my mind just goes on all the time, uh, one of the things that I do is is the night beforehand. I actually finish up some of the stuff I just need to do, but then I plan what's the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up. Uh, you know, after I get ready, what's that first thing I'm going to do? I either look at my schedule and realize, oh, it's a phone call or it's a project or it's a priority. And so when I wake up, as soon as I get over the, the shock of trying to figure out how to get rats, on, rats out of my backyard, you know, I kind of know what that next thing is to do. And so that helps me. Uh, I know some people are, you know, they, they journal or they meditate those pieces. And I've toyed with some of that. I've tried to get myself in the right mindset that way. Uh, for me, it's actually starting in on the the right next thing to do because, because I'm an optimizer. What I'll do is I'll look at my to-do list and I've got lists upon lists like many people do, whether they're electronic or paper, and I just I can stare at it. And they're all things that have to get done. And I'm sitting there figuring out what's the most optimal thing to do. And five minutes go by and I could have got one of the things done. And so I try to do some of that work the night before. So when I get going in the day, I know here's the task I've started or something. And it just gets me started being more productive uh, right away in the day. I love everything you just said, because so many guests I've had on this show, this has been running for over three years now. Uh, the most successful ones seem to have what I call a routine that they mm -hmm. do uh, most every day. Uh, some do it without fault every single day. And I love how you said that you, it sounded like you were tweaking it around until you found that sweet spot. And that's what I wanted to tell folks that are watching and listening is that every time someone goes through their routine and if, if someone watching does not yet have a routine, I always offer, look, do what Steve does. See if it works for you, see if it's a mm -hmm. fit, but then do what Steve does and alter it. Yeah. And make it yours. Make it what works. Because I've tried so many. I'm like, yeah, I'm, this. I'm not into this drinking salt water in the morning with lemon juice and running out and doing jumping jacks in the cold on my lawn and, you know, barefoot and just all these things. And so you want to refine it. But as long as you have a routine that gets you in the mode that gets you propelled and compelled and moving forward, it doesn't really matter as long as it's, you know, serving you nutritionally and physically and, right, and right. spiritually as well. Um, 
So I love that you said that, that you refined it as you went over time. I mean, can you think of anything you were doing that just absolutely was like, nah, that ain't working for me? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've tried all those things that you've, you've mentioned because I think, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do that? You know, <laughs> people that are like, okay, I'll get up every day and I journal for 30 minutes, or I get up every day and I read 20 minutes, or I meditate for 10 minutes, or I have a smoothie while I'm doing this, or I, I'm on the treadmill. This is the first thing I do where they, they time block, right? So from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, that's my time I do outreach. And I, I'm just not wired that way. I've tried it. I've tried it. And I'm just not wired that way. And so I could either keep forcing myself to do it, what, what I should do, right? We, we always get should on, right? This is what I should do. Uh, I said, I didn't, you know, so no FCC violation. Um, but we, we do that, you know, versus saying, well, what, what really makes me tick? What really is, you know, how I need to start my day? And so I think we, we, we're so focused on doing what other people have done that we don't actually assess for ourselves. So yeah, I've tried, I've tried a million different things. And it even goes back to when I was in the corporate world, which I ended that time about four years ago. I used to do capital markets hedging, which meant, my day started super early, like, cause it's a global market. And so I'd be getting up at four 30 in the morning and go to the office. And I, you know, I, I thought, Oh, I'm a morning person because that's what I did for 25 years. I'm not a morning person. And, you know, and so even just something about finding my natural rhythm, like, Oh my gosh, I, I started realizing I am the most productive from about nine 30 at night to midnight. Like that's when I just crush life. And I never knew that before. And so just those sorts of things. And it really starts with just really looking deep inside yourself and figuring out what, what makes me tick, what makes me productive. And if you don't know, start writing down things. When you, when you're, when you find yourself being really productive, write those down. When you're not, write those down. And then over time, you start looking for those themes. So yeah, I've, I've tried it all. Uh, that's what works for me. And yeah, I encourage people find what works for you and don't be afraid for it to be different than other people. Uh, I, I got to tell you, that is definitely a bomb dropping moment right there. Hey no kidding. <laughs> I mean, smart bombs, knowledge bombs, bombs of wisdom, because everything you just said, that gave everyone permission to be okay with not being like everyone else. I had that. My gosh, Steve, I, it sounded like me talking when you said all that. I went through the same exact stuff. I get asked this when I'm a guest on, on other podcasts or live shows, the same question, what's your routine? And I just look at him, I go, my routine is that I don't have a routine. Yeah. I don't have one. I, I could not, I just like you, I could not stick to one because of the time slot stuff is like, ick, you know, I got appointments on my calendar. They're important. And I show up to those that's time right. slotted. But as far as routines go, what I have works now is working very well. And I don't need any specific routine. I probably you're the same in this regard. I don't know, Steve, but I think we're animals that like variety a little bit more than yep. strict, rigid, disciplinary approaches. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I need to have the flexibility to be able to, I mean, some days I don't have any meeting schedule. Some days I have eight or nine meetings scheduled. Like how, how do I, how can I be consistent in how I time block those days? And then I try, oh, well, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday is this, the Tuesday, Thursday, this, and it works for, you know, not even half a week and I already wreck it. And I think, yeah, I, but I think I'm wired. I need that flexibility because I'm a multi-passionate person. I need for my own enjoyment, for my own satisfaction, my own happiness, I need to have the flexibility to be able to chase something for an hour. Like to be able to say, you know what, I, you know, to, to not say, well, no, nope, 1130 to 1215 is my lunch slash treadmill time. I, for me, and this is not for everybody, but for me, I need to be able to say, oh my gosh, I just found something here. I'm going to spend 45 minutes researching that because I think it's a critical piece for my next talk or something. I just need to have that flexibility. And when it's such a rigid uh, structure like that, it, it really dampens my joy. Yeah. I, man, just right down the same path. I, I have it in my calendar to, to work out every day and I put it in there and it's for 1130 and AM. And uh, I didn't get to it till four, which mm -hmm. is great because it gets me amped and energized right before a live show. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something another individual that I interviewed on this show said uh, that really rung true with me. He said he, he, plan he doesn't really plan his workouts either. He does them right before he knows he's about to attack what he calls an arduous task. Or mm. for me, it's something that would require or demand of me more energy. I want to put everything I have into this for your sake, not so much for my sake. I want to be the best host I can be for every guest that comes onto my show. And that's one way I solve that. And so I didn't work out at my allotted time for, uh, right. I, I seem to never do. <laughs> I just, but that's where you have the ability to, you know, if, if you can be disciplined enough to know that you'll get back to it. I think the, yes. the beauty of structure, and I have a good friend who's really highly structured because he says, if I don't follow that structure, 
I will never do those things. I and see. so that's knowing yourself. That's true. And that's huge in so many ways, Steve, knowing yourself, not just from a disciplinary or routine standpoint, but what you do for a business, um, you know, to identify with what you do is to be passionate about it, to be truly in alignment with it. I mean, I didn't under, I heard all this stuff for years and I didn't, I heard it, but I didn't integrate it. I couldn't figure out what the heck they were talking about until just a few years ago when it became really apparent what I truly love to do. And the beautiful thing is I was told by other people what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And right. it made me, it made me uh, go back into myself and say, you know what? They're right. And I ended up, I ended up completely, completely walking away from a personal trainer business that I had going on online in, in two days, I made the decision and the website was down and I said, good. And I walked away and I was happy. If you can have that kind of certainty, I wish everybody on the planet could get to that point because I hadn't been there for so long. And finally, when I hit it, it was like the skies opened up and I thought, and I can be authentic now. It's natural. Everything I do is natural. I'm not a hard sell artist. I get to be myself and do it the way I want to do it uh, and do it successfully because it's authentic. I mean, do you resonate with that at all about being yourself and seeing that you can be more successful if you're going about it that way? Oh, yeah. 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 You can yeah, find success many ways, but that's, you know, we're on the same journey that way, that was me about 15 years ago. You know, I was working in the corporate world, phenomenal job, right? Great job, just got promoted, happy marriage, great kids. Everything was amazing on paper, right? But somebody forgot to tell my heart that my paper, my, my life was so good on paper. You know, I was I was just miserable. And I think, I think the long story short out of that is that I wasn't doing what I was really wired to do. I'd been promoted out of a problem solving, analytical, actuarial role, which I loved into management, which of course it's a promotion. That's what you should do, right? You should, that's the whole corporate game is you get promoted, you accept the promotion, you make more money. What, what happened is that I became separated from who I really was. Uh, and so that was, yeah, that was really miserable. And kind of maybe to your point uh, before that, you know, you take personality tests and you know, I'd always poo poo those things. Like, are you serious? You know, you're going to promote, why do I, why do you care if I'm an INTP or an Enneagram five or what, what, what does that matter? So I really poo pooed that. And then in that in the middle of that crisis that I was having, it really was a crisis. I would spend every lunch hour walking across the Stone Arch Bridge in Minneapolis trying to figure out why I was miserable when I had no right to be. And I, I eventually I got a hold of a, a mentor of mine. I said, what is going on here? We had lunch and within 15 minutes, he explained to me that I was no longer using my strengths. And it was so obvious. But that's when I really started going down the road of realizing, okay, what makes me happy is when my actual life is lined up with who I am and what I want and where I want to go authentically. And it sounds like that's what you're saying your transition was when you started realizing who you really are. And it takes outside people sometimes to tell us that, you know, and once you realize that, then it just takes the intentionality and the guts, frankly, to go in that direction. Man, I'm going to wear out that button if you keep this up. You know, the bomb <laughs> drop. That was uh, phenomenal. Yeah. And and I think almost always it takes someone else to kind of wake us up uh, to take to make us realize it. Then once you realize it, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. The same thing. It was obvious. And it's usually something that you're really good at, but you take for granted and think everyone else in the planet can do it just as good as you do or they do. They are doing it as well. And that yeah. was my case. And I'm like, wait. There's a lot of people that don't do this that need the help that would pay money for help. And like, and I love doing it. Huh. I never thought that this would happen, but this is awesome. So no, I, yeah. I think that's right. I think like exactly what you said, when you're good at something, you don't realize that not everybody is good at it. Yeah. You know, when you're bad at something, you know, it's, it's a different story. But I always think about like, like electrical wiring. Okay. I, I don't get it. Like, and I'm not a dumb guy, but I don't get it. And I've had to explain to me the grounds and all this stuff a million times. I don't get it. And it's so frustrating to me. It's like my buddy who was trying to explain craps to me one day. We were watching a twins game and he plays craps in Iowa and he's explaining craps to me. And by the end of the game, I still didn't get it. And it's so frustrating like that, but he just got it. And I think the things that we actually get, we don't realize, like you said, whatever it is that you do, you just assume, well, everybody can do it because it's just natural to me. I just get it. It's not the case. Uh, and people will will pay to have that expertise. Yeah. And man, I feel it. I feel the frustration that I've been, been through that. How come I can't get this? I'm not stupid. You right. know? Yeah. It's and like so the, people, the, the electrician or the person that plays crap says, how can you not get this? This is so obvious. And the rest of us are going, no, it's not. I don't get it. Oh, man. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. 
it's like when uh, when I'm done and, my, you know, this is mentally very, uh, I, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but it can be mentally exhausting. You know, being an entrepreneur every day, you're always thinking oh, in yeah. flexible terms and always looking for solutions to everything, micro problems all day long. When I'm done and we're sitting down, we're going to watch a movie or something. I don't want to think anymore. I want to shut my brain off. And then they, my wife and my son might choose something. I don't know what it is. And they'll put it on. Okay, if you guys want to see it, let's watch it. So I'm not a big movie buff. And we watch it. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. They're having to explain it to me the whole freaking way because I am not. I'm shut off. I'm done. And and I'm like, how do you guys follow this? Yep. So you know, you know every detail. You know all the characters' names. I never it's like, wow, I just want to I just want to relax and be entertained. I don't want to have to think right now. Yeah, you're not just <laughs> shutting off thinking about your job. You're thinking you're shutting off like it, it's just off. It's just That's my right. brain is now off. It's mush. It is. And yes, it's it's it's, it's my <laughs> relaxation, you know, of my mind. Yeah. I, gosh, after going my. Yeah. Yeah. I think you understand where I'm going with all that. And a lot of people watching, listening, I'm sure have have witnessed and experienced similar things as well. So that's fantastic. Now you've been through a lot, uh, and I mean, corporate for a long time, and then you've been you walked away from corporate, uh, which you know, God bless you. That's not an easy decision mm -hmm. to make for most. Uh, I've literally seen a fairly prominent entrepreneur who would fill the room with five to eight hundred people for a four to five day event from stage, tell everyone in the crowd, if you have a job, then you need to quit. <laughs> And I wanted to run up there. I knew this person personally, and I helped that person several times in several of their events. I wanted to get up, go up there and virtually smack him. Yeah. They take that back because, you know, I at that moment was one of those people. I had a job. I had kids. I had a wife. I got responsibility. If I just quit, well, we don't have a house anymore. We don't have, a, you know, we don't have a lot of stuff. And you're just saying, go out into the middle of the lake, strap a, a, a stone around your leg, jump out there and then just figure out how to swim. That's basically what it was mm -hmm. happening. Like, no, irresponsible to do what you've done. Steve is quite a testament because it takes a lot of energy to work a full-time job and develop your passion on the quote unquote side. While everyone else is taking vacations, you're still working and laboring in that thing that you're passionate about. And then you made it, you crawled out from amongst the sewage, you put your head up and you realized, hey, I like doing this better, more than I'm in corporate life. And that mentor was your godsend. That was phenomenal advice. Yeah. I mean, I wish it would have happened sooner, but it, it, it happened when it happened. You know, I mean, that, that's it. And it's, it is, it's a big, it's a big deal. And I think to, to say, you know, everybody should quit their job. I think that does a lot of injustice. I yes. think there's a lot of great things that happen uh, from just having a job and working hard and getting benefits and per certain personality types should not become entrepreneurs. I'm I'm f fully convinced of that. It takes a, it takes a special, maybe crazy kind of person to become an entrepreneur. And I think there's there's nothing wrong with staying in a job that you love. And that's always I think when when companies hire me to come speak, they're always worried that I'm going to encourage people to quit their jobs. And I, I'm not. Like I'm I'm encouraging people to find happiness wherever it is. But um, I, I think I think yeah, to take that jump and it was. You know, I've been thinking about it for a while, um, and it was kind of a push and a pull. There was a pull out of it. There's also a push out of it. So the timing was right. The kids had just all graduated. I uh, had to work with my wife on, on that thing to come up with a plan. Uh, her and I both grew up really poor. And so the one thing that we really wanted was financial security. We didn't care if we were wealthy, but we wanted financial security, and we had gotten it, right? I'd gone through my programs, you know, my college. I got an MBA. I became an actuary, like invested all that time and effort into that to finally get, you know, real true financial stability. And so then to give that up to chase some dream, uh, yeah. we had to make sure that we were on the same page there so that, uh, it, and we are, so I'm still married 31 years. Uh, it could have been 27 if things had gone south there, you know, but, um, but no, so I think it is, it does take a lot of courage, uh, but you have to look at your situation or you really have to look at your personality. And I would say not everybody should just jump ship and become an entrepreneur, but there's probably more that I say should only because that's where you're going to find happiness more yeah. probably should than are. Uh, but it, it takes some serious cojones to do it. It does. And it takes an awareness and a knowledge of what it takes to become one. Uh, I, I remember vividly, I knew I was unhappy in corporate world and I, I did all these side hustle things. I did greeting cards on consignment, mm -hmm. network marketing, and I'm like, why am I always seeking more when I'm really making good money, good enough? Right. There's something not right here. And I, it never even occurred to me. And then finally, I started 
getting more and more serious about it and going attending seminars. And then I found my mentor and that changed my entire life. I was like, oh my gosh, this, I like this world. Mm -hmm. I like this world because have you ever been to one of those uh, seminars, Steve, or a networking event? It's a large number of people. It doesn't have to be large, 50 to 300 to 500 to a thousand, whatever. Yeah. And you go to the hotel, it's usually at a hotel and you're outside the conference room and it hasn't even started. So the doors aren't open. And without even talking to anybody, just being in the presence, I felt like I was in the company of my second family. Mm. It just felt right. And I never even talked. I don't have to talk to them. I just, it just seems right. And then I start talking. I'm like, now I know I'm in the right place. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone there is so positive minded. Corporate was such a drag on mm. every fiber of my being. It was like, let's figure out all the ways we can't do it. Like, it really know. can be. Yeah. And, you know, I worked for a lot of Fortune 500 companies and again, great people, amazing organizations making, you know, billions and billions of dollars and, and all that. But boy, yeah, it's hard to get things done and it's hard to find your kind of your when, when you have an entrepreneurial, innovative, creative spirit about you. It's hard to find those sort of people there because a lot of the folks there, um, they're there because they want to just go to work, do their job and go home and, and have a beer. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's hard to find your, your kinship there. And, you know, and that's been, been part of the struggle, even becoming an entrepreneur. And then when COVID hits, like my wife doesn't understand being an entrepreneur. She's a teacher, which is great. She goes to school, does her thing. My family doesn't get, you know, being an entrepreneur. So it's, it's a very lonely place to be. So it's really important to find those people, find your second family, as you said, find the right peeps in your Jeep. As I talk about my Ted talk, just find those people that, that are going to give you life and encourage you and affirm you and uh, a little bit of a rabbit trail. I mean, that was part of one of the things that I've realized over the last couple of years. And my wife has helped me realize this too, is that, um, as much as I don't like to admit it, I like affirmation. I like people to say, man, good job, way to go, and recognition that comes with that. I never really considered that about myself. But I've realized that's one of the things that I miss the most about the corporate world because I was a really good actuary. I was a really good hedger. I was a really good workforce analytics guy. And so every quarter, every year, when you get that review, you get the bonus, it's a, it's an add-on. Way to go. You know, you're adding a ton of value. We love you kind of thing. And when you become an entrepreneur – at least in the realm that I've become an entrepreneur, I don't have that. I don't have people around me. I don't have bosses. I don't have colleagues that are saying, man, way to go. You're adding a lot of value. It's all on me. So what I need to do is I need to find those places where I'm going to get that positive affirmation, where I'm going to get that, maybe not recognition, but I'm, I'm going to get that encouragement to keep going. Uh, some of us have that wired inside of us really deeply. I don't. I need some external forces uh, to encourage me. And so I'm sure that's resonating with some of the entrepreneurs that are out there where you're used to getting all of that encouragement and affirmation from a job and a boss, which is now gone. And you've got to find that somewhere. I, I have to anyway. And it's, it's like a, it's almost like food, you know, it's a, it's a need. And I think everyone has it to just varying degrees. Uh, it's always nice to get that affirmation, that affirming comment to say, you know, I like that. I think yeah. you did a great job with that. Uh, and, and when you say they came from a job where they used to get that, well, there are some that never got it from even their, their own manager and boss because right. they were a negative type of reinforcer. Uh, I don't want to go down that path because I wouldn't. Oh, no, I've had, I've had plenty of those too, where I've been a new yeah. boss and they just, you know, I was employee of the year one year and the next year, my, my new boss told me that I was terrible. The first, first meeting, first meeting, they were new to the company and they told me I was terrible. And I don't know if that was, how, was somehow supposed to motivate me. But like, yeah, like you're right that you get that side of it, too. Yeah. And, and yeah. So it's, you know, when you're with other entrepreneurs and just collaborating with them, yeah. I mean, doing the show like this, I get to meet amazing people like you. I, I just got off the phone literally with a gentleman who interviewed me uh, mm -hmm. earlier in the day. And we were collaborating outside of the show completely and helping each other. And that's that's to me is the affirmation part of it. It's it's fulfilling. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't anymore need someone to tell me great job. It feels great. I'll take it. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Right. Uh, but it's not something that I need to fuel me. It, now it's the result. I just want to see the result happen. Then I know all the work I put into it has come to fruition. And am I making a difference in someone else's life? That is so important to me, uh, yeah. more so than the money, because it comes with the money. So if you help say, uh, not save, maybe sometimes save, but if you help to change uh, or improve someone else's life, then uh, everything else falls into place so much easier. And there's no like 
straining for that next dollar. Not saying you ever are yep. going to receive. I'm just saying in generalities here. But uh, I just I just love the fact that you can be authentic and be successful at the same time because so many think you have to fake it to make it, and so many start off that way. I've done some of that too. Uh, yeah, for sure. When you're in the scarcity mode, just starting out, you're doing everything you can to stand out and you're even to the point of acting like somebody you're not at, at times. Yeah. And look, if you do that, it's okay. Get over it and move on and, and just keep going. Keep stacking those pebbles until everything starts coming together. It will. You just got to keep going. Persevere like Steve. Steve is a great example. If anybody ever was a great example is Steve Fredland because he climbed out of the pit of corporate, <laughs> I call it that, uh, of the corporate world, because now do you, how do, how does it feel, Steve? What is the difference to you? Uh, if you could pick one word, I got it. If you could pick one word that would describe having been through corporate now being an entrepreneur, what would be the one word that would help you to describe what it is to be an entrepreneur now? Authentic. I would say it's, it's authentic. I mean, there's a lot of words that come to mind, but honestly, if, if it's just one, it's I am now closer to who I actually really am than I ever was before. And I'm making less money. Uh, I'm, I'm successful, but I'm making less money because I was making a lot of money. I'm working way more hours <laughs> than I was back then, but I feel like I'm closer. And every day, every conversation, every every transaction, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to authentically myself, uh, which is which is huge for me. And uh, God bless you, man. You're you're going down the path that so many of us, including yours truly, and I think it's, I don't think it's that path ever comes to an end, a climax. I think it just continues to move on. Oh yeah, Don Don Hoperich is on, and uh, his answer to that question was freedom. That was yeah. almost what I said. It's almost <laughs> what I said, but for me, I think authenticity is even stronger than the freedom part of it. Yeah, I've, I've been asked that too, and I usually say I usually say liberation, which is freedom, the same mm -hmm. thing. There's no wrong answer to this. It's yours, right? Uh, each each individual is what I mean by yours. And but Don think, is a wonderful I think for man. For me, authenticity. Here. Oh, sorry, authenticity for me is freedom. Like because yeah. we don't all fall in that same trap. Like I've felt for all those years in corporate, it was a really good job, really good people, whatever. But I never really felt like these were my people. My wife and I are fifth generation, small town, Cambridge, Minnesota people. Like this is where we grew up in our, the whole generation grew up. Like these are my people, 8,000 people in this town. Like that's my people. And, you know, my kids are sixth generation, you know. And so, you know, being in the corporate world was great, but that, I never really felt like these are my people. And, you know, because I just didn't grow up in it and I don't care about some of the things that they care about. And I can't talk about the same things, the, the private schools and all the things that they talked about. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just they weren't my people. And so for me to now be working and helping micro businesses in my hometown, that is a sense of authenticity that, you know, because it's closer to who I am, which is freedom for me, because I felt like I was trapped in somebody else's life and I've been yes. freed from somebody else's life. And now I am trapped. No, not trapped. Now I'm free to be who I really am and be with the people I really am. So to me, authenticity actually is a form of freedom for me, more so than, you know, working the hours I want and, and working on the projects I want. I mean, trapped in someone else's life. If anything says uh, wrong screen other than that, I don't know what does. <laughs> Well, it doesn't hurt to remind people to enter that contest either. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's coming up. I hope nobody watched that. Let's see if it works this time. I'm just curious. There we go. That's there it <laughs> But yeah, that was a bomb-dropping moment there because, look, even if you're trapped in someone else's life as a corporate employee, there are many entrepreneurs that are that way right now. Yeah. Why? Because they're probably following a lot of tutelage and advice and, and nudging from maybe their parents or family who say you should be a doctor or you should be a speaker or you should be something that you should, don't want to be. Yeah, but you, yeah, exactly. But you're, you're succumbing to their uh, wishes and desires so that you will please them. And I'm not trying to make it sound like you're a pleaser and that's a horrible thing. I've been through it myself. I it always, is. always want to please our parents typically. And uh, when they say, you know, you're really good at this, you like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'll go do that. Right. I was a software engineer and I was good at it. I was told I was good at it. So I did that for many years in the corporate environment. Uh, and then I learned, I don't want to do this. I don't like the, the look, the last thing I wanted to do, I don't know, there, there are t a different uh, points of view on this, but you know, you get, you work with all these coworkers all day, five days a week, and then they want to go do something, hang out on the weekend. I'm like, heck no. Right. 
I like you, but the last thing I want is a reminder of what I'm trying to get out of every single day. You just happen to remind me of that. It's not that you're a bad person. It's not that I don't like you. But invariably, when they do happen, they did happen, extracurricular visits and things, you know, dinners and things. Every single time without fail, job shop creeps in or job shop talk. Mm -hmm. That's it. it job talk creeps in. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I, mm -hmm. I don't I check out mentally. I look at my wife. Let's talk to her. And, oh, man. <laughs> so I get it when you say, you know, you, you're best. You're trapped in someone else's life because that's what happens. You just feel like trapped. Like, let me out of here. I'm a caged lion. Open the cage so I can get the heck out of here and be free. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of us don't even realize that we are trapped. I think that, like, that was probably my situation until that day on the bridge when I was so miserable. Like, I never really felt trapped. I didn't feel it because life was so good. But eventually, what, what happens, I feel like, is that as you continue to make decisions that are not aligned with who you are, you know, we make these decisions by default or because we should or because what people expect of us. Little by little, we become misaligned. Like who we really are, our core identity becomes misaligned from our actual reality. And I use the 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 example of it's like our backbone, right? It's the central support system for our body. And sometimes it starts to get a little bit out of whack, a little bit misaligned, right? And you know, it just happens more as we get older. And you know, it starts, it's it's uncomfortable a little bit, and then we start you know, losing sleep, we have headaches, we become irritable, we become frustrated, that we become unhappy. And then we go to the chiropractor and they maybe, you know, crack it or whatever, and it snaps it back into alignment and we feel better. And I think that's what happens is it's this accumulative, cumulative effect of making decisions that are misaligned with who we really are. And I think that's what drives this trapped feeling. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It's we wake up one day, like I did on the bridge and go like, this isn't even my life. And it wasn't one thing that happened. It was the cumulative effect. Like you said, I was good at math. They said I should go to college. Okay. Hey, you're good. You're doing good. You should become an actuary. Okay. You know, hey, you did good. You should get promoted. Okay. And I think that coupled with, for me, the people-pleasing nature of it, because I was a people-pleaser, and the affirmation piece of it, because I, you know, I think because I grew up without a father, like, I was seeking affirmation. And so wherever I could find it, I would take it. So, hey, you're good at this. Oh, good. I'll do more of that. And I think I just kept feeding into that. And then, but it was just each one of those decision points were misaligned from who I really was. And then one day it all comes to a head and I'm like, what just happened? Well, it's that aggregation of those little decisions along the way. And I think that's the challenge is how do we, how do we start making decisions more intentionally? So we're not making them by default or that we should do that or by expectations so that we start to get more aligned or stay more aligned with who we are. Very well stated. All of it. My gosh, so many memories come back uh, as you're saying all this stuff. Um, I, I remember I became a manager by osmosis because my manager had to stop due to health reasons. And mm -hmm. I was apparently next in line. I didn't even know it. And then I ended up in this position as a manager before. I'm a doer. I want to get stuff done. I'm a, I'm a let's get my hands dirty and yep. take care of business. And all of a sudden I'm just uh, talking to people and having meetings and tracking stuff on spreadsheets. And I'm like, I'm not getting anything done. And I, I remember having a chat with my dad who was a longtime manager at NASA when I was growing up. And I said, he's like, how's your job going, son? I said, you know, I don't think it's going so good. He goes, why do you say that? I said, I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made management. <laughs> well, he said, so tell me, tell me, son, what do you do? So I explained yeah. all the things I did. I did stuff. But it was just not what I deemed as productive or moving things forward. And here I'm dealing with corporate employees that don't have that can-do attitude to begin with. And I just told him, it's not fulfilling and I don't feel like I'm doing anything. And he goes, well, son, based on everything you just told me, you're doing exactly what your position requires. So you're right. doing just fine. And I thought, ick, I never want to be a manager ever. It's not a good fit. Mm -hmm. Not in that environment, in a corporate environment. Now, being an owner of a business, totally different, yep. totally different. Uh, and if it's your business, uh, completely different. I don't mind that. I love that. I love dealing with people and managing and orchestrating. I still like doing though a little too much, but yeah, <laughs> you just reminded me of all these, these haunts from the past. No, I mean, the that's is, it. yeah. The thing is you said something earlier. You said, uh, I wish it would have happened earlier. And I have that thought now and then. And I think, well, you know what? It actually, I'm actually glad it happened when it did because of the experiences I learned. I now know what to do and what not to do yeah. when I run my own business. So I take a lot. And plus, it adds structure, more discipline. 
I don't know how many entrepreneurs you've met, Steve. They're like, they're like cats trying to hurt them and they're mm -hmm. all over the place. They have no structure, no discipline, and they just wing it. Uh, some do it successfully, but rarely. And you're just like going, how do you even manage your life? You're like all over the place. Yeah. So I take the good and the bad and integrate it in a way that helps with the overall business. And then add a little, a big dash of liberation and freedom and authenticity. And woo, let's go, baby. It's a yeah. fun thing. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I wish it would have happened earlier, but it, it didn't. And so it's kind of the old, yeah. well, what's the right time? The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is now. Uh, <laughs> so let's go. Like, so I could sit there and say, well, nope, I kind of missed, you know, I'm, I was 48 years old at the time. Shoot, the, you know, I missed my ship. It passed me by. I'm just going to plug in here another 15 years and then retire. Or I can say, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. I want to take control of my life now and, and make the change. And so, you know, I mean, for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I wish it would have happened sooner, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm taking the steps now. And, you know, I mean, all the things that I learned along that, that whole journey, I can now share with your listeners and, and other people that can maybe benefit from it. And kind of like your heart is to help people and kind of improve the, improve the world around you. Like that's my deal too. Like if, if part of my legacy can be that a few people, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not even saying quit your job. It could just be redefine your job, figure out your source of happiness, tweak your job, whatever it is. Like, but whatever, if I can help a few people, part of my legacy is that their life is better sooner uh, as a result of what I learned the hard way. Man, that I'll take that. I say this like so many times on so many shows, but it, I truly feel like Steve, you and I were separated at birth. We're twins. <laughs> so many. You, you need to. You need to have a goatee. You got too much side beard there. Otherwise, I used to. Yeah. I used to. <laughs> I only did it because I could finally. I could finally grow some. It took me too long, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> so I, like, I, I grow. Here's, here's the story about my goatee, which people are like, "Why do you have a goatee? Like that's out of fashion." All right, so I can grow hair like crazy. Actually, I just had my back waxed, which is terrible. Terrible. Don't ever do it. It's terrible for, for my wife. Here's the other thing. I, I I put this into a goatee when I was like 25 years old because I was in a play and I was playing like a young, yuppie, urban professional kind of person. And my wife's like, hey, I kind of like that. And ever since then, like I've shaved it a couple of times. She's like, no, no, no. So I've had a goatee for 25 years because my wife wow. liked it. Well, we're oh. similar, but my wife didn't like it. It's just because I don't have a chin and it looks better that way. Um, <laughs> well, if, yeah, that's it's all whatever she wants, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, Don Hoperich, who is a, a dear friend and he worked, he's, he's local uh, here to where I live. He is uh, the head of a chamber of commerce here. He's an amazing guy, always helping businesses. He just brought in a comment. I just have to read it to everybody. He said, I retired from the job just over 10 years ago, but now, even though I work more now and spend more time doing what I like to do, I wouldn't go back for anything. I get more pleasure helping the people I do now and I find I just cannot give it up, but the years I spent in corporate would would give me some remarkable tools. I have to look around my thing that I continue to use yeah. every day. Yes, exactly. So I think Don, we're all in a violent agreement here that uh, there's nothing wrong with having a corporate experience. Yeah, I, I you know secretly wish I would have started sooner too, but I didn't. It's okay, um, you know. But I think Don I, brings I, up a phenomenal point. Like that's the part that I want to make sure that isn't lost on me either is the tools that I learned from that. So having my corporate job allowed me to get my MBA, right? I got that a little bit later and they paid for most of that. I got my actuarial stuff. I, I learned how to start divisions inside Fortune 500 companies. I learned, you know, how to do workforce analytics. I learned so many things in the corporate world that now I can take out that, yeah, if I had maybe to Don's point, if, if I had left the corporate world 20 years earlier, I would not be able to serve my clients nearly as effectively as I can now. So the tools, even just learning how to use, you know, a lot of the, the actual softwares and, and some of that stuff has been huge. So that's a great, a great point. Sorry, I cut you off there, Brian. No, not at all. Uh, not at all, brother. Um, so now you have, you have tasted both sides and I know we kind of already stepped uh, into this uh, area, but, I do want to, you know what, I'm going to, instead of doing that, I want to find out, you mentioned something about how you're helping micro businesses. And I wanted to learn more about that. And what I want to do at this point is I'm going to visually pull up your website on the screen and give you the opportunity to let the folks know exactly what it is you do for people like micro businesses, uh, maybe who your ideal client is in that area and arena. And um, 
what would be a way folks could get in contact with you if, if they needed that kind of service as well? If that's okay with you, I, sure. I want to bring that up and just let you take it away. Yeah, and I'll, I'll clarify too, because some people know that I do a lot of work in Rwanda, Africa. And so micro business over there is like microfinancing and helping people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's, there's me doing some work in Rwanda, Africa. And so there's sort of micro business kind of works on a couple levels. One is the humanitarian work that I do in Africa and then micro businesses here, which I just consider like the mom and pop shops uh, and those sort of people, uh, solopreneurs uh, and those folks that I'm working here. So I'm not sure which direction you wanted to go, Brian, if you want to talk about what I do in Africa, or if you want to talk about serving the small, small businesses here. Yeah, whatever your passion is uh, and oh, whatever man. you want the message to come out. I mean, if you want me to choose, I would say then the micro business side of things, just because that's the show is more for entrepreneurs and businesses, yeah. but I'm, I'm cool either way. Yeah, it, well, I'm multi-passionate, so it's hard. Yeah, so this is just showing uh, a few clips of my time in, in Rwanda, Africa. Where I've, I've done, I've been taking four trips over there, and we've done a, a lot of work over there, and it's it's radically changed my life, my view of life, my view of happiness, my view of community, my view of belonging, everything. So I could talk to you about 12 hours on that deal. Um, <laughs> what, what's happening here, you know, in the U.S., so I call it micro-businesses. It's really our, our business is small, small business that's intentional. Uh, it's not a typo. Uh, it's it's really because I believe that so many small businesses are like the lifeblood of our communities, right? Like the the main street shops, the solopreneurs, the nonprofits, all of these really small businesses that are owned or led by people who live here, work here, you know, volunteer here, raise their kids here, shop here in the in their community. Like they're so important to their community, yet they don't really get the level of support that bigger businesses get. And so one of the things that I'm trying to do is how can we bring the level of support, the level of expertise to these smaller businesses so that they can thrive? Because that in turn will create more vibrant communities, which is one of my overarching goals in life is to help create vibrancy in lives and in communities. And so that is what we're doing with, with small, small business is really focused on that side of it. I love that, that term, small, small business. That is awesome. Uh, that is really cool. It's sort of catchy, all... right? People at first go like, wait, what is that? What, what is that? But yeah, no, that's intentional because, you know, here in Minnesota, and I'm sure it's defined similarly everywhere else, but you talk about small business. Well, small business can be hundreds of employees and millions and millions of dollars of revenue. And so it is a small business, but they're in a different time, you know, different, different tier, right? They're, they, they're not really, you know, the, the aspiring entrepreneur, the small partnerships, that sort of thing. That's what I'm talking about. When I talk about serving small businesses, it's the small, small businesses. Very cool. What is the solving box? Ah, uh, the solving box. So, you know, I, I mentioned I'm, I'm sort of a serial problem solver. I'm, this is what I've done my entire life. I can't help it. I'm always solving problems. That's when I've been the most successful. That's when I'm the most energized at solving problems. And I was challenged a few years ago. Somebody said, well, how do you solve problems? It's kind of, sort of like my example of like the electrician before. Like, I just, I don't know. I just solve problems. Well, how do you do it? Because I just think it's easy. And, and people are like, no, I'm struggling. How do you make better? How do you make better solutions? How do you come up with more optimal strategies? And so I was challenged to try to put a framework together that actually captured how my mind uh, solves problems. And that's what the solving box really is. And it's pretty simple. I mean, it's really, it's, it's about clarity, clarity, clarity. I mean, I'm, it, everything starts with clarifying what the problem is. Uh, I'm such a big believer in Einstein's quote about if I had 60 minutes to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes on the problem and five minutes on the solution. And so the solving box is just a framework where it starts with just clarify the problem, get really super uber clear on what that is. And then you go a couple different directions. One is what are, what are the objectives and constraints with the problem? Talking to all the stakeholders, what are they trying to accomplish? What are the goals? And what are the limitations? What are the constraints? Kind of defining what that sandbox is that you have to play with. And the other one is looking at what's the universe of possible solutions. Just brainstorming. For this particular problem, what are all the solutions that we can even think of? Let's just put them down. And then you start to compare those solution set, that universe of solutions, to those objectives and constraints that you have. And you start evaluating which solutions are possible, which ones seem to be the best. And maybe you come up with a solution, but the real power of, I think, how, how I solve problems in this solving box is really now you iterate through it again. It's yeah. This is the optimization process. It's like a stochastic iteration for all you nerds out there like me. You know, <laughs> you go through it again because what happens, it's almost like portfolio management, investment theory, figuring out what the right investment is. You know, you might have, here's my different options. 
And as you go through, you might realize, but wait, if I combine uh, a blue chip stock with this sort of a bond, I'm going to have an investment that's actually going to have a higher expected return than this investment, but a lower risk. You know, so it's sort of this iterative process of going through this and trying to find that optimal solution uh, to the problem. So it's a framework that's really been helpful. I kind of help people walk through this. All right, let's look at a problem you're facing. Let's just walk through this. And it's amazing how people think of solutions that they otherwise wouldn't have, because most of us are just looking for, looking for a solution to a problem. I'm more interested in the solution, you know. And mm -hmm. I'm just convinced if if this is a skill set that you can bring into your organization, if if every decision you make, every problem you solve, every strategy you develop is just incrementally marginally better than it would have been otherwise because of intentionality, man, your your business is going to take off. I mean, look, don't look just for a solution, but look for the solution. Yeah, you coming. That's right. Incoming. <laughs> Another massive smart bomb, knowledge bomb, wisdom bomb dropping there. Thank you so much. And I need to add a value bomb in there. I was told one time. Uh, <laughs> and we'll work on that later. Wow. I, I love that. The solving box. And and the, I was looking at the arrows and waiting to see how that was going to play. And when you said the keyword iterative, I said, ooh. So you are a person, I think, is that is very kindred to me in the fact that you are made and built to to give the most quality result that is humanly possible within within uh, means right of course right. but uh fair very few go through those five steps at all period but then to go through them multiple times until you've got not just a solution but the solution man you gotta trademark that puppy that was a great one um we yeah. get we don't just give you a solution we give you the solution there's your there's your tagline right there yeah. mm -hmm. um and micro businesses and you help coach them uh and i know a lot of people that watch this show and listen in uh they fit that mold so uh and we're not ending this just now my gosh i just look at the clock <laughs> <I know. laughs> um but how what's the best form or way for people to connect with you to say steve i just want to have a conversation to see if there's a fit between us yeah, 100%. So either website, smallsmallbusiness.com or stevefredland.com, there's a link there for set up a 30-minute call. Uh, let's just do that. Let's just have a call. Uh, I'll give you as much insight as I can, or we'll just swap stories, that sort of thing. And then uh, social media-wise, I'm, I'm all over the place, but really LinkedIn uh, is where you can find me the most. I do this little, little short video every day called Steve's Daily Stool which is intentional. Uh, people are going, you know what that sounds like? I mean, yeah, I know exactly what that sounds like. That's exactly right. It's, it's me thinking from my stool. Um, so can, can it connect, but you know, I'm an open book, uh, you know, and, and I'd love to have the conversation and there's no obligation or whatever. It's just me hearing your story and seeing if there's a way that I can help. And we'll just take it from there either way. And I love that also about you, your approach to quote unquote sales. It's not selling. It's just getting to know somebody. And if there's a fit, it will present itself yeah. uh, pretty naturally and organically. Uh, that's the way I've been rolling. And uh, just it just feels right. It just feels so good. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I'm wondering how we got separated from you know, <laughs> right. orange. I feel like I should be sitting like you're sitting and just to see yeah. how, how close. <laughs> you have red hair. It looks like you might have red hair. I don't know. Reddish. Yeah. Reddish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have a brother that has black hair, so it's still possible. We don't have to be All identical right. twins. Fair right? enough. <laughs> we'll compare our stories of our parents. To see go. Go to ancestry.com. Hey, look, it's real. We were. Right. <laughs> right. Well, hey, we're almost to the end here. Uh, I do have one more question I love to ask every person that I have on this show. Uh, it's a profound question. It's uh, amazing. It came a lot by accident uh, when I asked a few people over the course of time, that question. And I thought, wow, that was an interesting response. Uh, I'm going to try that again. So I made it now my moniker ending uh, closing question of every show. It's it's pretty amazing, pretty powerful. But before we do that, I did promise, as I teased earlier by hitting the wrong button over here, uh, <laughs> that I would provide everyone a means to win a five night stay at a five star luxury resort compliments of the big insider secrets. So what I implore of you all to do right now is still Write this down and then visit it right after we close off the show. It's coming up here real soon. Don't worry. We'll keep the lines open, as they would say in the old <laughs> days. Uh, here it is. I'll put it up on the screen for those of you watching live. To enter to win, go to ryp.im forward slash vacation, all lowercase. Write that down right now. Uh, put it on your piece of paper, your notepad on your computer, wherever you are taking notes. That's ryp.im forward slash vacation. Go there and enter right after the show's over. You don't want to miss the response. 
uh, from Steve to this amazing question. Uh, so go uh, write that down and then enter to win right after we close the door to this amazing show because it's amazing because of Steve Fredlin, not because of me. This guy's amazing. So um, I'm having a blast. So Steve, there's there's a little bit of build up to this question and that's done on a purpose. Um, the thing is about the question, there is no such thing as a wrong answer. Just so you can kind of take a deep breath in case it was starting to build up a little bit. Because some some are like, well, man, you built it up so much. I'm nervous. Um, that's OK. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, it's just the exact opposite. The only correct answer is yours. So there is no failure, no potential. I, I like that. Possible. Yeah. Now, now this is when people go, OK, now I'm really trying to figure out what the heck you're going to ask <laughs> And going crazy but just know that if it takes you a moment to think about it that's cool if you have it instantly that's cool why it's your answer <laughs> it comes from you it makes it authentic and unique to you so with all that wonderful buildup and intrepidation are you ready i think so i might have some spontaneous internet trouble here or something <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go steve fredlin how do you define success i define success as as alignment between who you are and what your reality is in the world so uh you know you can call that happiness you call it success call it contentment call it whatever you want but um none of our success is the same right i mean you might be driven by money you might be driven by fame by respect by uh whatever that might be peace quiet some of those things so i think success is really beauty in the eye of the beholder kind of thing. So it's define what your success is, what your true authentic self wants, how your true authentic self is wired, all of those things, your core identity. Define where your core identity is, make decisions that are completely in alignment with that. And if you live that way, if you keep pursuing life in that way where you're making decisions aligned with who you are, that's going to create happiness. And to me, uh, that's what success is. You know what's coming. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the keyword of today's episode is, you guessed it, alignment. And it is a good one. It's a phenomenal one. Uh, and here's the wonderful thing about that whole thing, uh, Steve, is I've been asking that question for almost three years. I didn't start from the beginning. I have not had two people answer it identically mm -hmm. yet. That's why I use that question. And with your permission, at some point, I'm going to compile all of these questions and answers. It's the same question and, and put it into a book. And all of you will be co-authors with me with um, your answers. I'll reach out for permission officially when that time comes. But they have been that profound. It's so awesome to see. Yeah, I would love to hear all of them. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you an, a, a different lens to see what it means to someone else. Yeah. And most very most every time it does align with me it's not what i would call success today maybe it's what i called it yesterday or maybe i'll call it that in five years from now it's the definition of success this is what i've learned it changes with each individual as they live and as they age mm. because of the experiences they go it's through true. it's amazing because what's important to oneself yesterday isn't necessarily what is today it's so awesome love it so intriguing awesome and intriguing like steve fredland yes yes i said it <laughs> Steve, I want to say thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for, for coming on this show, spending your valuable time, taking the way, your time away from your wife there up in Minnesota. Yes, <laughs> that's my feeble attempt. No, um, it sounded just like me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but I, I do. I truly, sincerely appreciate your time, your value. My gosh, you were dropping bombs of wisdom throughout. I could have just wore that button out all night long. Thank you for that. Thank you for coming on, uh, for giving our audience, which is now your audience, a wonderful lot of things to think about and to put into action and know that it's okay to uh, be authentic. And it's not only okay, it's imperative for you to get where you want to be faster. And I think that's a message that came through very loud and clear to me uh, from my perspective. If there was one thing, if you, if you were to sit down with a budding entrepreneur, someone who's just getting ready to start out, maybe they're leaving corporate or maybe they're just starting and they just said, I want to be an entrepreneur. If there was one piece of advice you could give that person, just one, to start them off, what would that be? Know why you're doing it. Whew. 
Just that. know why. Know why. Because it's it's not as easy as you think. Truly understand why you want to start a business. Not only, I'm sorry, I just wanted a quick answer, but not only, but, but that's going to structure everything. Like if you're starting a business because you just want to have a job and not have a boss, that's going to be a very different structure than if you're trying to create an asset to give to your children versus you're trying to have impact in your community versus, you know, all of these different things, trying to create passive income. Like if you don't know why you're trying to start your business, you're not going to, you're, you're just going to get lucky if you structure it the right way. So if you want 10 years from now to say, man, this is what I wanted to do. You got to start with the end in mind and really know why you're doing it. Words of wisdom. Thank you, Steve. I can't agree more. Uh, fantastic. All right. Once again, thank you, Steve. Uh, that's it. We got to wrap it as much as I'd like to go another couple hours. So <laughs> if you're open, we'll just keep going. I'm just kidding. We'll <laughs> right. I probably could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's an honor to be on the show, Brian. I really appreciate you asking me to be here. I know you've got a, you've got a great audience and they respect you and they respect the guests that you bring on. So uh, it's an honor to be considered and be able to share with your audience. And I seriously, uh, I left the corporate world so that I could help uh, small businesses. Like that is why I did it. If I wanted to make money, I'd still be doing that. So if you are out there going, man, I kind of like the way the guy thinks. I'd love to have a conversation. Don't just leave it there. Let's let's talk. Let me let me serve you in that way, and let me serve Brian by serving you. Yeah, and you can see Steve. He, he's he's one of those guys that won't bite. No. And and in fact, he can't bite if you're not in Minnesota talking to him physically. <laughs> right. And I'm too old. It wouldn't wouldn't be very forceful anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Might leave his teeth in your hand. If <laughs> one second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. On that happy note, oh, this has been fantastic. On behalf of the amazing Steve Fredlin, I'm your host of the Mind Body Business Show, Brian Kelly. We will see you again next week with another fantastic episode. Until then, so long, everyone, and be blessed. Take care for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is...